The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. Well, we hope you had a great holiday season. And of course, we're looking forward to a happy new year. But before we move out of 2020, we want to make some time and review some of the top pet news stories of 2020. I'm sure you'll agree, Dr. Fleck, some of the stories we have to discuss today have been outrageous, have been hilarious, and surprisingly, just plain sad, right? Absolutely. So let's run down the lineup with the weekly countdown. Well, in segment four, Dr. Shelley Rankin, a microbiologist at the University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine, will review how COVID-19 affected our pets this year. In segment three, dog trainer and dog expert Blake Rashad of the Top Dog Canine Foundation will speak with us about some of the top pet news stories of 2020. Two, in this portion of the show, Dr. Stanley Corrin, author and professor emeritus in the Department of Psychology at the University of British Columbia, will talk about how we have come to rely on our pets this year more than ever for our physical and mental well-being. And in segment one, certified cat behaviorist Beth Edelman will talk to us about some of the most surprising pet stories of 2020. Hey, Beth, thank you for joining us today on our special year-end roundup for the Pet Buzz. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. You know, what was one of the most devastating stories of 2020, in your opinion? Well, I know that, that we've all been looking at the wildfires in Australia and as we all know, there, there are some animals in Australia that are unique to that continent, quite a few species. And so species that are lost in Australia are lost to the world and can't be repopulated. The effects there have been devastating for those animals. And there have been very noble efforts by many people in Australia and around the world to help those species survive. Uh, it's, it will be very hard to know how long it's going to take. For the, for the species that have been impacted to recover, if they ever recover, their food sources, their places to live, their habitats have been destroyed. And there's really no way to know how much of that area the Australian government is going to choose to use in different ways. I've even seen the number in the billions of wildlife that was destroyed by those fires. Sure. And like Beth said, some of those animals can never be replaced. I mean, you know, it's so funny. We went from 2019 where Australians were worried about culling cats and now they're worried about natural habitat loss and all of the animals in it. OK, you know, Beth, one of the things that I thought was really interesting, we're always surprised, surprised, I guess, when corporate entities think about pets. And I thought one of the most interesting things this year was that a company like Samsung on in April, which is Earth Month, decided to create packaging that once you discarded it, you could make things out of it. So were you surprised that Samsung created a box that could be upcycled to build a cat house? I'm actually surprised that nobody's done it before. And so I thought it was genius for them to sort of create this 
um, situation where you could open up the box and, and change it in different ways and take a flat screen TV box, which is not a great cat box, and turn it into a cool cat house. But I am actually surprised that they're the first company to have done so, because as we all know, the internet is full of memes of cats in boxes, and lots of companies would love to see their, their box logos in those internet memes with cats. And so Samsung has created a way where that will happen. Hey, you know, home security systems have become a must-have product. So this year we've seen pets and other animals captured on videos and we've shared them, which is kind of neat. Have you seen one video that was astonishing that this year that you think was the top of the line for video? Well, a cat, a cat video or any animal video. Well, I mean, we all saw that video of the cat kind of holding off those coyotes. Mm -hmm. You guys Good remember one. that video? Good one. <laughs> so several coyotes came to the, the house, cornered him on the porch, and he did his badass cat routine and held them at bay. And finally, it made enough noise that his parents came and, and rescued him. But he held those coyotes at bay for quite some time. It was captured on the, uh, the video, the security video in their house. You know, it's interesting to note because that with video was in California, you know, kind of near the desert. And we live in a suburban environment in Florida and we have coyotes in our town. So it's really important to know where you live and what wildlife surrounds you. Well, here's our um, here's our last question for you. Lastly, in recent years, one source of major news around the world has been our cell phones. So what news story surprised us most of all from cell phone coverage this year? Well, here in New York, I think it was the situation in Central Park, the, the Cooper versus Cooper situation, the, the woman who who was in the ramble in Central Park with her dog off leash ran into an African-American man who was bird watching, who asked her to leash her dog. And then she got kind of snarky about it. He said he would call the police if he did, she didn't leash her dog, which he was in with his rights. There was, that is a law in New York. And um, she counter threatened them that she was going to call the police and claim that he was threatening her. That a black man was threatening, was threatening her. And, her. And fortunately, you know, he had his cell phone out and was recording this. And so he was protected and it, it became clear that that she was the aggressor in this encounter and in, in fact, the lawbreaker in this encounter. And it just goes to show you today, people are so stressed and the craziness. But the other thing that people said it was racist is I also thought it was racist to call her, quote unquote, a Karen, which is a urban word for like a white girl. Right. You've heard that expression. Mm -hmm. Yes, I have. Right. Remember that they called her a Karen in The New York Times. And I just thought, well, what's the point? I mean, if you're saying it's racist, OK, but then why call her a Karen? That's also racist. And, and that's sort of one of the things that happens that nobody really knows this person. She certainly did it a, a bad thing. Well, she's known now and she's a celebrity and not necessarily such a positive is she way. a celebrity or is it infamy that she's attracted? I mean, I think she'll write a book about how she had to go into hiding. You know, we have to be a little bit more clear about what racism is. I don't think we've defined it yet because I think there are some differences of, of opinion about the differences on the colors of skin. There are different ethnic backgrounds, religious backgrounds, and tolerance should be what should be accommodated. You know, we're all raised in certain ways that we think in a certain way. 
and it may not be the appropriate way to be thinking. So you, you change and adopt. And, but somebody that's older and doesn't adopt, to me, that's approaching more towards racism. I think that incident clearly was a fearful response by the young lady. You know, today, everybody's considered to be a racist. The people that are claiming that somebody's a racist are racist. The people that are accused of being racist are racist. So we're all racist, which is not true. It's well, just some difference of approaches. I mean, looking at that video and being in situations and growing up the way that I grew up when nobody looked like me, you know, I had somebody left a pack of Oreos at my desk and told me who, when I can't decide who I want to be, have an Oreo and think about it. Or when, you know, people threatened to not pay their son's college tuition because they dated me. So, I mean, as far as I was concerned, that video showed just how unwound she was. And the fact that she I mean, he wasn't even near her. He didn't even look at her. The only thing that could have been deemed threatening was I'm going to do what I always do in these types of situations. Are you ready for it? And then he reached in his pocket and pulled out a dog biscuit. You wonder what kind of person was she that two of her dog walkers turned her in because that's how we found out who she was. I mean, people would have never found out. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, that was, I guess, one of the big stories of the year that just transcended things that are happening in our lives. Well, everyone, that was Beth Edelman, certified cat behaviorist and one of my greatest mentors. Love her to death. For more information about <laughs> Beth Edelman, visit bethedelman.wixit. That's W-I-X-S-I-T-E.com. Up next, we're talking with Dr. Stanley Korn about the role pets played in 2020. You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned as we have more 2020 news. Be right back. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Teva Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Teva Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. And the best part is you can get Teva Pet flea and tick topicals delivered right to your door when you shop on TevaPet.com. Teva Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, Happy Pet. 
To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian, Dr. Michael Fleck. This is our year-end special programming of some of the most interesting pet stories of 2020. Joining us today to discuss how pets have helped us during these difficult times is Dr. Stanley Korn. Dr. Korn is an author and professor emeritus in the Department of Psychology at the University of British Columbia. Additionally, he also pens a column for Psychology Today magazine. So, Dr. Korn, Charlotte and I are pleased to welcome you back to the Pet Buzz today. Glad to be here. You know, it's been an interesting year. The number of uh, cases diagnosed with novel coronavirus continues to be on the rise. Additionally, our routines, our work, and our lifestyles are continually being disrupted. Lockdowns and the potential or the possibility of more lockdowns are, I would say, eminent, wouldn't you, Dr. Fleck? They certainly are already starting yeah. today. I mean, they're limited essentials, concern of contracting the virus, and now people are worried about getting the virus. And of course, the American political news cycle has really put a negative spin on our daily lifestyle, or our daily existence. How have these things affected people? Obviously, it increases stress. Part of the reason why it increases stress is because we're dealing with some things which we can't control. You know, as an individual, uh, we really can't control the virus or what's going on in Washington or that kind of thing. And also, uh, for many of us, we can't uh, have our usual outlets. So, you know, if, you, if you've had sports and other activities which normally uh, help to diffuse uh, any stress, then... Um, you know, uh, most of those are now shut down. I mean, my dog training club, uh, for example, has been closed uh, since March and uh, almost all dog obedience competition has been uh, shut down. I want to know, you know, pets have been our companions, our friends. I mean, has their role changed since this, we've been in this isolation? Is it more of a lifeline now? It's more than a family member. It's more than a pet. It's what is it? What's what what has the pet become? Well, it's not that their role has changed, but their role has increased in importance. And part of the reason is simply because we're with them so much more. You know, there's so many more people working from home. You know, it used to be the case for many people. You know, they got up in the morning, they scooted the kids out of the house uh, and then went to work and you know lassie was left at home uh well now so many people are working at home and the kids are being schooled at home and that sort of thing and there's lassie so you know her importance has increased quite a bit uh, simply because of the fact that we're with them much more it's like the pet is the only lifeline they have. So now they're spending all this time noticing if the pet has a boo-boo on his leg. Now they rush, they wait at the vet where they weren't as concerned before because that's that, that pet is the only thing that they have to talk to, 
that they can use to get outside and they have to make sure he's in tip top shape, whereas before maybe they let it slide. What do you think, Dr. Well, Flack? the other side of that, doctor, is that um, I think that uh, when we return, maybe more towards normal and the time returns where the pet had its isolation time, too, we may find <laughs> we may find that they're more pleasing about having a return to their condition than than we are. And and I see that now every day in my practice. We have to remember there's a different critter at each end of the leash. Um, obviously, nature of the beast is such that we tend to focus on the human side of the equation, but the effects of our behavior are going to also have an impact on the emotional life of our dogs. And, uh, you know, initially when I had been thinking about this, because I write a number of articles um, uh, about, you know, human animal interactions, um, I used to think of it as, you know, um, Lassie's going to basically uh, get the short end of, of uh, this deal. But in reality, um, I think there are things which will compensate for that. And that is, if things open up, then it means all of those, those group activities, which we used to have with our, with our pets, uh, are going to come back. And that should be a good substitute. Um, so, for example, uh, since March, when I've been locked in my home, uh, my dogs have not been uh, uh, basically been getting any training. The reason is uh, for my younger dog, he's now five, and five is when I, I normally, uh, that's the age when I normally take my dogs and put them through their most intense obedience competition. But I, I can't set up, you know, I, I've got a tiny little house and I can't set up jumps in my living room and, and um, you know, engage in any sort of uh, uh, training for this uh, competition. So he hasn't had the training. He hasn't had the competition. And in fact, my dogs are both certified um, therapy dogs. And, you know, we haven't had any of the therapy sessions um, uh, since March. And I'm beginning to worry about, you know, maintaining their socialization and their therapy dog skills. Uh, but once this is over, all of a sudden, you know, they've got back all of these activities. I mean, you know, they, they adore doing the therapy work and um, they love being out with the other dogs, uh, uh, training and that sort of thing. So, you know, that's in my case, but for the average person, you know, it, it will, you know, suddenly you will get back your walks and your days in the park and, and that sort of thing. And I think that that may compensate for the animals. Well, Dr. Corin, it's always a pleasure having you on. We hope uh, you get the vaccine very soon because I know I'm health compromised, too. So we want to get out and about. Yeah, you need to be able to get out of the house. <laughs> Tell me about it. I have reached the point where I'm almost too uh, willing to do uh, commit active mayhem in order to get a decent um dim sum lunch in a proper 
Chinese restaurant again. Okay. So. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> we just appreciate you coming and visiting with us and sharing with all the pet owners out there. They really appreciate your input for this particular area because they need to be reinforced about what their thoughts are about this. You know, if I can provide any help, that's 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 always pleasant for me. But, you know, ultimately, they're stuck at home, too. So my recommendation is is reach down and grab your dog's ears and go. I love you. <laughs> that's a great way to end it. That's, that's a tremendous. Great way. Yes, of tremendous. To remind you, that was Dr. Stanley Korn, author and professor emeritus in the Department of Psychology at the University of British Columbia, discussing how pets affect our lives during the pandemic. Check out psychologytoday.com for more information. Up next, more news with Atlanta canine expert and trainer Blake Rashid. Stick around because later in the show, we will be talking to Dr. Shelley Rankin about the year of COVID-19 and our pets. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. You know, you're listening to the best in pet talk radio. This is the Pet Buzz, and we want to welcome you back for more of our special programming for 2020. You know, a new year is upon us, but it's important to look back at some of the most impactful stories of 2020. I mean, these stories make you laugh, they make you cry, or they just make you think. One of the above. Mm -hmm. One of the above. And to review more news stories with us is dog expert and canine trainer, Blake Rashad, who always tells us like it is. Always. Always Always tells tells us us like it is. (laughs) So, Rashad, welcome back to the Pet Bus. Well, thank you. And it's honored to be on the show, Dr. Flack and Charlotte. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting to have you here because, you know, I think one of the things that I've always admired about you is that you're always so upfront and so honest. And, you know, people are still talking about your last appearance on the show. So we just thought, you know, why why not have our end of the year with someone really fun who is, you know, going to tell it like it is. Tell it like it is and they'll listen. Okay, so, Dr. Fleck, you had the first question. I do. I do. So were you surprised that a pet owner dressed in a KKK outfit would walk his dog around a Wisconsin neighborhood? 
Well, maybe not during these times. I am surprised that he got away with it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I mean, we always talk about how you share your lifestyle, you share your activities with your dog. So if that's the case now, I'm not condoning it, obviously, but. You know, I can see sharing your lifestyle with your dog. But the thing that was so funny is the people in the neighborhood were calling the cops. Right. I mean, they were at least they were offended enough to call the police. But you're right. Nothing happened to them. Well, you know, it's the great thing about this wonderful country that you are able to to do that, that sort of thing and, and possibly go home. That's that's the wonderful thing about this. <laughs> possibly go home. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. No, but like, dude, I would just like, I would like seriously pull up and be like, dude, what are you doing? Sure. No, probably I would say, dude, what are you doing? Can I interview you? <laughs> okay. So, you know, let's move on because I think that story kind of stands for itself. I mean, it's one of those things that you just have to kind of think about. I mean, it's outrageous, but you're like, could that happen in my neighborhood? Yeah. And the thought processes of what's going on today. I don't think it would happen in Atlanta. Well, you know, you think that uh, usually I like to think that people that own dogs are really nice people inside. So <laughs> it makes you, it makes you wonder uh, what's inside this gentleman. You, you know, know, it's, it's funny a, that you say that. That's a great point, though. That is a great. No, point. I mean, I, I seriously uh, like my neighbor. I call her Mrs. Kravitz. Remember Mrs. Kravitz from Big Witch? She was always like being nosy. <laughs> so she got a golden retriever, I think a rescue. So I'm hoping that in 2021, she will be a better person. And her name is not Mrs. Kravitz. I just call her that. OK, so here's another story that really it rocked our world. An 82 year old Florida man <laughs> killed his neighbor and his neighbor's daughter over a dog dispute. I mean, is that surprising or what? Or we have taken dog ownership to a new level. I police was with the city of Atlanta for 10 years, and um, I've had a case like that before. Uh, people have killed each other for much less. Like what? <laughs> like five dollars <laughs> in a gambling bet. <laughs> wow. I mean, 82 years old, the dog got out of the yard. Right. And then. The next door neighbor's wife was like trying to sit on it and get it away from her dog. Mm -hmm. In the process, she got bit. So she was out of the house. The neighbor comes over. The 82 year old neighbor comes over, has a discussion, shoots the shoots the neighbor while he's being shot. The little girl, she's like 13 years old, calls the police on the phone and says, my neighbor is shooting my dad. I think my dad is dead. And then as she comes down the stairs, they told her to stay put, you know, 13 year olds, they don't listen. Stay put. And she came down the stairs. He shot her and she died on the way to the hospital. What a bad, I mean, bad story. you know, I mean, that's I mean, insane. Um, I think I think something else was going on with this gentleman and probably with the relationship of, of, of two. This seems like a lot of anger that was built up. It just happened to let be let loose over a dog. I mean, this is why we wanted you here, because you have the police know how you have the 411, the police know how. So you kind of understand some of these cases. OK, you had a story. Yeah, for you us. know, well, prison rehabs, you know, it's been a topic for years and it's a big topic politically today. Even Kimi, Kimi Kardashian put in her two cents and made a huge difference. Having first time offender released after many years in prison. Great lady. One of the programs that have been implemented in prisons throughout the U.S. is dog training programs in which prisoners care and take care of dogs. Did they make a difference? 
Absolutely. I volunteered at the Gwinnett County Jail Dog Program uh, for a year and worked with the prisoners. And I, I even offered them positions at my facility if they can get out of state, out of trouble for six months, then I would give them an internship in my facility because they, they really showed me their true personalities. People can make mistakes. And, um, and those people that had to work with a dog that had to be that to go in and stay out of trouble and to, just to get in that program. And a lot of them had big hearts for that program. You know, the reason I bring this up is because one of my favorite stories of 2020 was about a dog named Soup who went hunting with his owner right. and Soup got away. He went to go chase a deer and then he just got crazy and didn't come back. And he ended up in a prison in Alabama and he was there for about three days. And the prisoners were crazy. They, they showed so much crazy love for him. He was eating off people's plates. People were like kind of like fighting to walk him, to have him sleep in their cell. And it just seemed like such a positive, a positive, positive program. And it was only he only he didn't stay because after three days, one of the prison guards there lost his dog, went on a local Facebook page. And that's the great thing about, you know, Facebook pages for lost dogs around the country that he was looking for his dog. And then he saw a picture of soup. OK, <laughs> what do you think is the greatest story for 2020, you know, as it relates to our survival and our survival with our pets? I think I like, and of course, it's going to fit fit my my, my background. Um, um, the story of the military working dog canine that wouldn't leave the side of the fallen soldier, and it just stayed with them there, and they they let him. And he, he kind of got toured around, and the dog would follow and lay at the casket, and they would allow the dog to stay with the, I think the soldier for at least another few weeks until um, until they parted the two. That's a good story. And, and that also happened with George W. Bush. Right. You know, so um, or H.W. Poppy. Uh, and I thought that was uh, Sully. Remember, Sully, the dog sat at the casket, wouldn't leave his side. I think for me, the greatest story of 2020 represents our friend from Florida down in Lee County <laughs> who was out walking his dog, uh, Richard, with while his back and his with his cigar. cigar. <laughs> and the dog alligator came right up, grabbed that little Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, and the old man jumped in the water and fought this. It was a small gator, but it was still a gator. And he didn't drop his cigar. He didn't miss a beat. And he got he opened the jaws of the alligator. The dog ran out. I think the dog got like one or two puncture wounds. He got more. But I just thought that represented 2020. We're out there fighting for our survival, protecting our loved ones. And our pets still, and our pets have become part of our survival. And still holding on to that stogie. I mean, that, that was fantastic. As well as our sanity. As well as our <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could hold on to my cigar <laughs> while I was fighting an alligator. I don't know. What about you, Dr. Fleck? I don't know. That guy was pretty talented. Okay. Any last words, Blake? Hey, guys. Hug a dog. You'll feel better. Oh, that is great. <laughs> but that, that just sums it all up. Hug a dog and you'll feel great. I love that. Hey, Blake. Thanks for joining us on our last show for 2020 as it represents moving into the new year. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always a ball. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being with us. We'll have you back in 2021, of course, because we love having you tell it like it is. Well, everyone, that was Blake Rashad, one of the best 
dog experts and trainers that I know. He's also a breeder of these amazing giant schnauzers. And you can learn more about my friend Blake at topdogk9.org. Stick around. More of the Best in Pet Talk radio. I'm going to take you out to commercial right now. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. What would you do with two and a half more years with your dog? Two and a half more years of fetch, of walks, of love. Studies show that overweight dogs live two and a half years less on average than dogs at a healthy weight. But Slim Paws is here to help. Veterinarian recommended weight loss in one daily chew for your dog. Slim Paws, for the long, healthy life of your dog. Petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to say it all the time. We're urban. Suburban and, and country. country. This is the final episode of 2020, mm. and it's only fitting that we talk about the impact of COVID-19. It's affected us all year. Exactly. Well, the pandemic has devastated our country and even our lives with our pets, including Buddy, a senior German shepherd dog who died of COVID-19 in New York State. Buddy, this show is dedicated to you. May you roam free and feel good over Rainbow mm-hmm. Bridge and meet so many of our loved ones who have passed on this year, including our Thames, as well as Royal Dog such as Lupo Cambridge and the Queens Vulcan Windsor Mountbatten. Now, our next guest is going to review the impact of how the pandemic has affected the pet community. And joining us today is Dr. Shelley Rankin, a microbiologist at the University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine. Dr. Rankin, welcome back Hi. to the Pet Buzz. Thank you very much. Hi, Dr. Flett. Hi, Charlotte. Great to be back. Thank you for asking me to uh, wind this up for you at the end of the year. Oh, it's our pleasure having you back. Absolutely. All right, so let's get into it. How has the pandemic affected animals since we heard about the first dog in Hong Kong diagnosed with COVID and the first cat in Brussels with COVID-19? Well, I think as we should have expected, there have been additional cases. They seem to be uh, sporadic in nature. So they just, you know, they kind of pop up occasionally here and there. Uh, both dogs and cats have been affected. Um, and I just did a quick check on the World Health Organization for Animals website. And there have been animals from 21 different countries. So uh, Europe, the United States, France, Spain, Germany, also from uh, South America. So Brazil, Argentina, Chile, Russia and Japan. And so the World Health Organization for Animals does a really nice job on their website. They record the very first animal from each new country. And so that's why there's 21 cases. Did you, um, did you happen to see there was a, a, a good story by uh, David Grimm in Science Magazine 
end of last week, I think, probably. It was available online, uh, which is how I saw it. And um, the title of the story was, Do We Need a Vaccine for Pets? Mm. And he talked to some, you know, very prominent people. And he talked to a couple of the vaccine manufacturers. And um, the, the USDA position seems to be that there's no need for a vaccine for pets right now. There's a need for a vaccine for mink, which seem to be uniquely susceptible. Um, and so the companies that are working on the vaccines are developing them for cats and for mink. But again, there's some regulatory stuff that we have to consider here. And just because the vaccines are available, they do have to be licensed before they can be sold and distributed. Absolutely. And so I, I think that the research has absolutely been going on and it's necessary that we do that. And um, I think it's necessary that we're prepared, perhaps. Um, you know, that was not something that we were in a position to be with the, the, the human side of this. And, um, but do we need one right now? Again, these small numbers, I don't know. Well, I, I think just, it's really interesting because it just goes to show you how business affects how we think. I mean, the mink industry mm -hmm. has been decimated, not only in Russia, in Europe, but it also has been decimated here in the United States. So there's pressure for that. Um, especially in the Midwest where the minks are harvested to really make an impact. And cats are similar to minks in that sense and other civvy cats and other animals along those lines. So, but let's keep going because we've got some other questions. I mean, we talked about pets. I'm just curious about pet owners. You know, it's funny. We've talked about the pandemic so much. We even asked um, our advisor for our show, you know, are we talking too much about the pandemic? And he said, well, if you're not talking about the pandemic over the course of the year, then you're not really talking about the news. But it seems that only now pet owners are really cognizant of the fact I don't know where they were if they, people were sleeping for the last six months or, you know, not really reading the news or not really reading between the lines. I mean, how do you think this pandemic has has affected pet owners? So the, the interesting thing is, and we all know this, I'm sure you've discussed it on your show at some point, you know, the shelters are empty. Pets are being adopted at rates much, much higher than they were previously. You know, for many people who live alone, like a pet is a very positive influence on your life. So I, there are more pet owners for sure. Um, I don't know that they're necessarily, um, you know, thinking that they're any risk to their pets or their pets are any risk to them. Um, all of the evidence that we have currently for these, the animals that have been positive um, worldwide does seem to suggest that, you know, the positive owners can transmit the virus to pets who will either become infected and show clinical signs or for some of the animals that were in the counts that I just gave you from USDA, these are um, being detected by those surveillance studies that are going on at the other big vet schools. So, you know, we have researchers from the vet schools going to people's homes um, if they're sick and sampling all of the animals in the house. And so, you know, that kind of targeted approach means that you should expect to find more, right? So if the only risk factor is living with a positive human, then if you go where the positive humans are and screen the animals, then the chances are you will find more. Yeah. As a practicing vet, veterinarian, and I see a lot of patients every mm -hmm. day, I'm sure that I've had some patients that have probably had the COVID yeah. that we haven't really been able to discover 
and and diagnose with. I agree. I think um, I have this discussion. So, you know, I'm on the diagnostic side, but we have a whole hospital full of veterinarians. We have an emergency room. And I think there there may have been animals, you know, because we're not systematically testing all of them that, that we've missed. That's, again, the nature of, of, you know, what we do. It takes time like to get the tests developed. It takes time to be proficiency tested to make sure that your test actually works for animal specimens. And um, I think as we're moving into the, you know, the next part of this pandemic, um, you know, the veterinary profession have, have played a really very significant role in testing for humans. And I think, as I said earlier, we're, we're certainly becoming prepared for if we need to, to test animals moving forward. Yeah, the veterinary labs at like Cornell, for example, are mm-hmm. doing the testing for the students at Cornell. Absolutely. So, yeah, they, they, so those things. part of it. We have, I guess, we don't have a lot of time left. So I'm going to leave the last words to you, Dr. Rankin. <laughs> so I'm going to use those last words to tell you about some of the other research that's going on. We've been planning this for quite some time. Um, the, the, the PI is uh, Elizabeth Lennon, who's one of my colleagues. Um, she's an internal medicine specialist. And so we've decided to take a slightly different approach. And so we're doing a community prevalence study. So the plan is um, we worked with our state animal health officials here in Pennsylvania, and we get to test any animal that we would like to test. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so Liz's project will be going live. I think the website's ready to go. We're waiting on some research approvals then basically, you know, you can go sign up on the website and, and we'll test your pet, you know? That's so. fabulous. You'll let us know. You'll have to come back. Oh my gosh, yes, you have to come back. I will. And then tell us what you've been testing. That'll be Absolutely. fun. Dr. Rankin, thank you so much for coming back and sharing with us. That You know, the listeners, they care so much about this disease and this pandemic, and they really want to know that the pets are going to be protected. So you are so helpful for giving that information. Great. Everyone, that was Dr. Shelley Rankin, one of our favorite guests. She's a microbiologist at the University of Pennsylvania School of Veterinary Medicine. And we always love having her here, not only because of that great brogue she has, but she's (laughs) so fun to talk to and so well-informed. And she loves to share that knowledge. So we thank her for being with us. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Well, on that note, it's always too soon to wrap up the show. Always too soon. But, you know, it's a great end to 2020. Don't you agree, Dr. It is a good end. Yeah, a good show for a great end of the 2020. A very unusual, but one year that we will not forget ever. (laughs) We won't forget this one. So before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're going to start a new year with new goals and new hopes for 2021. So do me a favor, Dr. Fleck, why don't you thank our guest? Yes, special thanks to our guests, Beth Edelman, Stanley Korn, Blake Rashad, and Dr. Shelley Rankin. And of course, we almost must thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And if you have a question, write to us at team at petbuzz.com. We will love to share it on our show next week. Yeah, we'll answer your question on next week's show. Cover it, of course. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the Link podcast on Monday morning. And most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you. 
take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. (laughs) I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com.